Good evening, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Jizzy Pearl. We're going to talk about his new book. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I want to see your Ian Anderson uh, interview. <laughs> I mean, yeah, one. he doesn't really do those anymore, does he? No. He was part of my youth because he would make these long-form records, you yeah. know, basically like Passion Play or Thick as a Brick. I mean, it's three songs. Yeah. And so it was it was good to get stoned to, you know what I mean? Because it was good background music. You mm-hmm. just, just been, I mean, I, I think he was one of my first concerts when I was a kid, uh, yeah. going to see him at the Forum in L.A. And uh, <clears throat> I went with Val Kilmer. Really? We went to, uh, yeah, we went to the uh, concert with two older ladies. I think they were 17 and because uh, they had cars, you know, so they drove us. And, uh, and we went to this Jethro Tull concert. And once he started, everyone started lighting up the joints and stuff like that. And so that fog yeah. <laughs> of the dope smoke. And uh, yeah, it was good times. So let's talk about your, your book. So I'll get, I got it on the side uh, screen here so I can look at the titles on the side here. Your book is a mixture of different stories, uh, horror, suspense, some real, real information. And then some of them kind of cross the line between real and then, it's, then it goes off into a story. Real and surreal. Yeah, even better. Where where did you get that idea from? Like, are there having the books being so mixed like that? I mean, your books have been like that, but you know, I, I get an idea for a story. Sometimes it's fictional, and sometimes it's it's just based on what happened in my life. You know, whenever when I was a kid, or you know, because I grew up in the valley, and drugs were available. And there was the freedom of being able to take drugs and to, uh, you know, expand your consciousness. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's a funny story. You know, I put some of those in the book. Back in the day, we were all living in the love-hate building and uh, nobody had any money. But my drummer, Joey, his parents had a connection to the Los Angeles Forum. So we were able to go to concerts all the time. And... uh, we were also able to go eat at the uh, Forum Club restaurant, which was a five-star restaurant. And um, it was a celebrity-packed thing. Like, if you went to a Lakers game, yeah. there'd be the mayor and a bunch of celebrities there. And then there'd be the four stoned guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, and then hilarity ensued from there. Like, I give a chapter called The Dutch Oven. Starts <laughs> off kind of funny clearly by the name of it, but it has a, has a little twist to it, you know? Um, those are some of my favorite stories. That was, that's, that was a good one. I think you do real good on, um, you have a lot of revenge type of um, comebacks on, on through, through any of your books, actually. A few of your books have had some short stories like that. Well, I was brought up watching The Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of those stories always had that twist ending you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so maybe on, on, on that one and some of the other ones, I like to kind of throw a left, a left hook at the end to kind of, you know, freak people out. That's pretty funny, though. It was really good. Then you do, you have some made-up stories. So you have some, um, I think one of my favorite, I'll say my favorite story was, oh, it's Satan's Home Improvement Center. That is the best. I'd love to actually see that, like, expand into, like, another story down the road. That was, that's, that's really a good idea. Um for a story you got there, or a short story. It's it's weird. It's weird. I mean, there's some 
stuff in there, some of the original fiction is mm -hmm. weird. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a mixture. That's the thing is, is I talk about stuff that happened to me, but, you know, on the Sunset Strip and right. Hollywood and stuff. And so it has that link to the Tommy land and, and people that want to, you know, read the dirt. Right. But then there's also the original fiction. It's kind of half and half, I guess. How are you writing these? Like, are you getting a concept? Just writing them down as you like when you're touring and stuff. I mean, how, how does this, you collect them over time or you just actually sit down and kind of pick it. It's you know I mean? kind of just based on when I'm in a, when I'm in writing mode, for example, when I'm in music writing mode, I pretty much immerse myself into that and song, 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 you know what I mean? Record, 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 mm -hmm. get the collection. And then as far as book writing or something like that, it's, it's, it's the same concept. You get an idea, you write it longhand, sort of flesh it out. And, um, I, you know, I, I mean, people have said, why don't you write longer stuff? Why don't you write a novel novel and stuff like that? Well, because it's hard. Because it's really, right. it's hard. That's the difference between somebody writing a 15-minute short film and a mm -hmm. three-hour movie. I mean, it's just, it's a skill set. I, 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 maybe I will achieve that one day, but uh, it's hard. I can see it's that. I mean, originally. Well, I mean, but you have a lot of really good. I could even see a book of short stories of like I can say any earlier. I mean, that's just my opinion. I love your, I love the, your horror suspense ones. Those are my favorite. I could have keep reading them. I mean, there's parts of the books where I just like I didn't put it down for like a good hunk of time. This book is is less harsh yeah. than the other ones. The other ones were definitely harsher. Talking about that and talking about the 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 groupie scene and stuff like that, a little bit dare I say misogynistic. But um, I don't know. I've just sort of mellowed out. I'm older now. I'm married, and and I can look back on some of this stuff with fondness and and with humor as opposed to trying to stick the knife in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, I would say, cause was your last book, even the first couple chapters were pretty uh, eye opening kind of woke you up coming right into it. You know what I mean? Or is this one kind of ease you into it? Just the stories. Yeah, it's, it's a different, you know, I mean, it's been a while since I wrote a whole book. It's been 15 years. And so I've done a lot of living and a lot of, uh, you know, like everyone else. You know what I mean? You just, you grow up and you become someone else and uh, hopefully you're, you're more well adjusted. <laughs> One of the really great things about this is actually, and it's such a silly thing that you'd expect is how well you actually write and the grammar and the punctuation. Most people think I write in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, not even just that. It's, it's like if you read anything online, anybody that does their own books online, you know, and self-publishes, there's a whole bunch of mistakes. And my still Read professional books. Do you still find mistakes in them? This is my fourth one. And, and I am, you know, I like to think that I'm pretty literate. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the editing process, you just have to do it a bunch of times over and over and over and over. And I had my wife go over it and she found a bunch of little things, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, that, that I missed. And uh, yeah, I mean, when I say that this book is real writing, and stuff like that. It's it's not like I'm trying to disparage the other books 
by rockers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because it just depends. If you want to read a book about Rat and Stephen Piercy, you're going to get what you want to get out of that. Right. Or the Stephen Adler book or something like that. You know Stephen didn't write it. You know right. what I mean? But what you're going to you're going to get that Guns N' Roses experience out of that. And this is just a different animal. This is this is real writing and and um you know, I think, you know, a lot of people will be surprised and will dig it because of that. This this book is more advanced because the stories aren't aren't so um risque. Yeah, I mean, like where is this book going to settle with people? I just feel like good writing is good writing. I mean, it's kind of like songwriting. I don't really care who writes the song. You know what I mean? Willie Nelson, Elton John, John Lennon, Sid Vicious. If it, a good song is a good song, you know what I mean? And it has whatever that X factor is. And so that's how I go when I look at my writing or other people's writing. You know, I, I talk about this, how I, I'm a big reader and I have an extensive library of books. And sometimes my favorite writers start to lose their mojo after becoming wealthy and becoming, you know, I don't know, it shit changes. They're not, they, they're not as hungry as they used to be and the writing suffers and you see it and it's a sad thing. But then again, the guy has written 10 or 15 books and who am I to judge, you know, him or where he's been or something like that. Stephen King being the exception. I mean, there's hardly any bad writing from him i can't he, believe he's still putting out still huge books too like it just he continues out. to surprise me i mean just it's just amazing it's a, it's he's he's one of the one of the, the big ones he is well, well i guess what i'm saying is like with your books like because your audience you, you're you're selling them off i mean you have your and you have your talk about your fans and your super fans and your different levels of people so mm-hmm. automatically a big percentage of your super fans are going to get anything you do and then there's going to be people that you know are interested in the rock story and they're kind of like dabbling. How do I, how do I break out of that bubble? But I'm just thinking about the, the book itself and there's such a bigger audience out there that just mm-hmm. look, don't, wouldn't look at a rock book because they think it was a rock book. You know what I mean? And you, there's so much more in it. So it's not even about <laughs> your name. Cause you could do, you could just do Jay Pearl and do a black book cover. Yeah. I so mean, it's not so much about that. Not- it's just how do you, how do you break free from getting to that new book world nowadays? I don't know. I, I mean, it's amazing that, that there are people that still read. I mean, some people just don't even watch the news. I mean, I, I just, it, it's a weird, it's a weird world that we live in. You know what I mean? That, that um, where you put out records that nobody buys anymore and you make books that nobody reads and you make shows that nobody watches. And it's just because there's just so much of a plethora of stuff and 10,000 stimulations that how do you, how do you break out? How do you, you know, and, and I do not know the answer to that. Well, I think if people need to read or they need to take time and just like listen to an album and you need to unplug from this world. And I think that's going to be the survival in the long run for a lot of people. If you don't unplug and do something like read a book, use your imagination. I get it. And I, and I, and that's one of the big reasons that I've read for so long, it was easy, you know, to escape what was going on in the world and stuff like yeah. that. You know, you immerse yourself in a book 
and you and you're in it you're a character in it and you're living it and it's and it's killer but i i don't know i mean try and tell people you know to to I I have mixed feelings about it, but look, I write books and I do records and I hope people dig them because I dig them. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll be discovered after my death. Hopefully not. I mean, I just think it's a weird mix. I mean, luckily you've your, 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 got your site and it's going to be Jay Pearl. And it, actually, the site is actually right on this video right now underneath us, the address. You know, people need to go there. It's going to be your one-stop place for all your stuff, plus your YouTube channel. So if anybody isn't subscribed to his YouTube channel, the link will be there. Subscribe to his channel also. Follow him on Instagram. You know, he's got more stuff coming out. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know what a competitive world this is, you know. I yeah. mean, here I am in the new medium of YouTube and stuff like that, and I just and I just see some somebody has 627,000 hits. I'm just going who the hell is this person? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who, I, I just, I don't get it. You know what I mean? But that's the weirdness. Oh, it, it, it's, it's insane. I have a grandson and I'll see, he'll watch a video. I want to put it on. And it's got like, yeah, a million, two million hits. And it's like a kid running around collecting bugs in the backyard with it's these the crazy, weird thing. voices. And I'm like, I don't understand it. Yeah. So, so where do I fit in? Where do people fit in? You know what I mean? Again, it's just, it's just another form for, <clears throat> excuse me. It's just another form for me. It's just a way for me to express myself and, and have fun. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to, the thing about music is it's so structured and it's so, there's a very narrow lane mm-hmm. for what people like in their rock music. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't like, like Jethro Tull was completely in his own lane, you know, and oh, that's yeah. why people loved him. But then he did that Aqualung record and he exploded. You right. know what I mean? And all of a sudden he had to be the guy in Aqualung. You know what I mean? And he and 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 he was sort of forced to join the mainstream. You know what I mean? And and so music is like that. Eighties music, people want their music very. There's a there's a restriction is what people want for their music and people uh, people that's what they want. Well, I think with, with just not just '80s, but most music, yeah, they find you at their at that certain point in their life. Usually, they're like a late teen. It's their moment, their flashback memories. That's my best time of my life, you know. And that's you're associated with those best moments for you or any other artist. You know what I mean? And the '80s for a lot can of people you, is no. That, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Um, as a teenager, your your best moment was blacking out in a red room. You know what I, mean? I mean, think about it. It, it, this. That's people ask me about that all the time, and I and I just go black out in the red room. Is a dark song. It's it's. We used to put before we um, used to go to gigs. We would put that movie Barfly on at our loft, and yeah. we would listen to that. So I'm just saying that's what got us going. That's really dark, sort of drunken intellectual stuff and i mean it's not she's my cherry pie you know what i mean no but i remember actually when i got that album i remember exactly where i was i'm listening to it i can visualize it right in my head right now i go right back to it you know it's college it's going to recording school you know but but the the record lasts the test of time i mean it's been what 32 years and the record still sounds amazing and the songs are great it captures that moment in time and uh and yeah, that that that's the good thing about the love hate experience for me, 
is that even though I don't do it as much as I used to, and and uh, the, the music from that era still lasts. I mean, I, I don't cringe when I put on, like some people cringe when they put on their records. You know, I might cringe at what I wore back then, but I don't cringe at the music because the music still stands up. I mean, it's, it's just, it's amazing. Well, yeah, it's sonically good. I think one of the strong parts about it, even the band, and it falls over to our conversation now, you're right. It's your writing. You know, you kind of had that Jack Kerouac, you're, you're writing even, even, even in Love Hate. The lyrics may have been dark, but they weren't so, you didn't point, they didn't jump out at you. You didn't listen to it. The song was just good. So most people don't always listen to lyrics first off, but your lyrics weren't so blatantly, they, they're different than was out there. Well, we were different. I mean, totally. we were we were different. We lived in this building in downtown and we were very much a tribe. And even though we went out all the time and we flyered and we hung out with the community and blah, 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 we were a very tight tribe. And so our music was tribal. You know what I mean? It, and, and when we gigged, it was tribal. You know, when we when we toured, when we opened for Dio, a lot of the Dio audience didn't get us and they, they didn't like us and stuff like that. But when we opened for ACDC, yeah, I can see that we held our own because we were crazy too. You know what I mean? I mean, Angus is nuts, but we were nuts too. And so people, I don't know if for some reason we, we crossed over with that audience. I think your vocals were more relatable to, to Brian Johnson than to Dio too. Dio always had that. Yeah. That he, he always sang clean. He always had it. I loved you. But I mean, whereas you were more relatable, you had that clean, it's like a clean rasp, which you still, to this mm-hmm. day, you still have it. It's, I can't believe you still, because a lot of people are losing their voices. Yours is just as strong, actually. <laughs> and your yeah, new one's even, it, it's really. There's guys out there. I, I pay homage to um, Phil Lewis, sounds better yep. than ever. Robin McCauley sounds great. There's yes. guys out yep. there. There's guys out there that still, you know, can do it and um and you're not seeing the behind the scenes of of them taking care of themselves and and you know what i mean they're not they're not staying up all night doing blow and banging hookers you know what i mean they're 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 taking care of themselves because you know the youtube thing is a yeah. real thing and one bad video can just yeah, it's just it'll it'll just i wouldn't want to have a string of bad YouTube videos following me around, like, like in, like in Ghost at the end with yeah. all those little black things, yeah. you know. Can you imagine if there was some had a VHS camera? You guys were out playing early on. Hey, we were. Everybody was drunk back then. Everybody was out of control back then. In the eighties, um, obviously no cell phones, no YouTube. Thank God, uh, no internet. But yeah, I mean. And I and I talk about it in some of my Hollywood stories about how yeah. people just had to be carried up on stage, and then they'd be leaning against the audience. The audience would be pushing against the guy to keep the guy from falling over. I mean, it was just at the time. Oh, he's such an artist. Oh, he's like Jim Morrison. Well, he's just kind of a, a drunken idiot, really. But there, there was a time when. Um, you wanted to, it, it was almost like those old Carlos Castaneda things where you, where you took the drug and now you're going to experience the trip, the trip being the gig. You know what I mean? So you got to a certain point of euphoria or drunkenness and to do your gig. And so you be, 
it, it kind of Jim Morrison esque, mm-hmm. I guess. But but we were functional. I mean, we weren't we weren't falling all over the place, and we weren't embarrassing ourselves. We were right. just controlled fusion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And crazy. And it takes it when you're a shy, introverted person. It takes um, that you know love potion number nine to get you to become the guy on stage that you need to be. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than watching a band where they're just standing there and looking down. I mean, that's not rock to me, you know, Motley Crue and and ACDC and, and you know what I mean? That's rock to me because it's, it's, it's the visual too. And actually it's, it's funny. I just thought about last time we talked and I actually asked one of the most cliche questions I never, ever asked, but I had to ask you and it came up because I don't know where our conversation's going. And I had to ask you if you, uh, still get nervous when you sang or something because you come across as a person I wouldn't imagine being nervous or having because everyone has different ways of they like to write songs and getting nervous or not getting nervous some people still get nervous some people it doesn't matter anymore they're so used to it it's kind of hard to put a read on you actually that's <laughs> I'm surprised that I even asked you that it's like what well not not necessarily nervous nervous is scared more um butterflies more i'm about to go on stage Mm -hmm. i've got to turn the burners up on the stove you know what i mean yeah that kind of thing is 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 kind of like when wrestlers come out of the 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 thing ring and stuff like that they come out to music or or when mike tyson would come out to a boxing Mm -hmm. match he's getting himself into in his headspace necessary to to you know to to kill people and um that's kind of what it is for me it's 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 getting myself into that headspace for going out there and um and doing it it's just it's just always interesting because i never really thought about it and you always seem one of the few people i think that would, i thought would be like that doesn't bother me either way just from your nature well, and just from there's guys that 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 just turn it on really fast i mean you know it's it's a process and stuff like that like like i i i said before you know back in the day i was a shy intellectual guy and here i am you know trying to channel my inner david lee roth Mm -hmm. and how do you do that how do you do that when you when you haven't had the um luxury of been do of of so many gigs and tours and stuff like that to where it becomes natural. You know what I mean? You got to become that guy. So how do you do it? Well, you just add alcohol, you know what I mean? And start spitting fire. And, um, it worked. I mean, it, it definitely, it brought out my, my Mr. Hyde and my, uh, you know what I mean? And, yeah, it didn't. And luckily you have a voice and there are actually the relevancy. I know we're talking about this and we're here promoting the book. And actually this, you have stories actually in the book that tie into some of these challenges and how you overcame it, the tie into exactly what we're talking about. This is actually in your last book to you um, that people can still get. I think just online, right? Yeah. Okay. Which I have, I bought online. So it's, yeah. That's right. I'm sure it'll have the links. It'll have the links and the word, it says it right underneath us. It says it too. Um, so that that's, I guess what, what I think is like when people don't let artists grow, like, Perfect example would be like Jim Morrison. Do you think Jim Morrison would be Jim Morrison nowadays? No, everyone would be like, he's awful, he's horrible, he's he's fat, he's this. Jim Morrison didn't want to be Jim Morrison. You know, um, and anybody he'd who died. Like, he'd look like Sling Blade right now, probably. Oh, 
Yeah, or, or like, you know, you think Janice would have lasted, her voice would have lasted, or Jimmy, you know what I mean? No. Where would they have all gone in this time at that pace? They would have, well, been dead or burned out, um, for sure. But, the, I mean, the idea that someone like Janis Joplin or Jimi Hendrix dying at 27, you know, it, it's, it floors me because it took me a long time to become you know, whatever I am now, you know what I mean? It took a lot of years, took a lot of touring, you know, and, and kind of like being in the army, you know what I mean? How you go through boot camp and you're a different person, you know what I mean? Or then, or someone goes off to war and they come home and they're changed, you know what I mean? They're more mature, they're, they're quieter, they're more introspective or stuff like mm -hmm. that. That's kind of how it is with me, with, with music and, and how I approach music now and touring you know like being in quiet riot it's you know it's a good job it's it's a job people go people go oh you think it's just a job well it is a job i'm not kevin dubrow i'm right. not the original singer it's i'm always going to be you know the guy that replaced kevin dubrow and that's okay but that's fine you know what i mean you approach it differently you 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 go there, you do your fly out dates, you do your gig, you get on the plane. It's a lot of travel and, you know, it can be tiring, but it's also really fun. You know what I mean? And, and uh, so it's, it's, there, there's no late night nonsense. There's no stripper poles. There's no, you know what I mean? All the, I do. I do. And I, the, I like that. I like to see artists grow. I don't, I, I was maybe on the offset. I don't need to see artists become, I don't need to see you be who you were when you're 20. I actually see a lot of artists that are holding on now that are trying to be it. It's actually, I'd rather see them age <laughs> and relax age a little bit. Yeah. I just feel like the most important thing these days for musicians is to be good right. on stage, not to, not to shit on that responsibility and take it for granted because, because of YouTube, because of, because of your own, for your own head as well. You know what I mean? If you want mm -hmm. to phone it in and go through the motions, you know, then the rock gods think you're a piece of shit and you are a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Because it's a very wonderful thing to be able to do music for a living. And um, people should remember that. You know what I mean? And the best part about your writing is it almost feels like, like, you know, when you read a really good book, you feel like you're walking with part of the experience, not that you actually lived it, but you have a kind of a perspective of what that person went through. And well, that's a good can, writer. You can identify with right. it. That's, that's what a good song does. That's right. what, when you somehow that chorus is so, is so memorable and so repeatable that it sticks with you and somehow it, it you carry it with you. I mean, it's a weird thing. And, and how can you put your finger on it? What, what's, what's the difference between Hey Jude and, uh, why don't we do it in the road? You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, who knows? Well, the good, the good and the bad is obviously, you know, love, hate, and you didn't break as huge as a cherry pie, but then again, your lyrics are different and you're not worrying about, there's never a, an apology or a weird time. You're like, I wish I didn't write that. You know, well, it could have very well not happened. That's the whole thing is, is some people say, Oh, if love, hate would have gotten signed a couple of years before. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but then again, maybe not. Maybe it I would never it. have and it, and And a lot of guys, most guys, it didn't happen at all. 
mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, they moved on to other things like heroin or crime <laughs> <laughs> or insider trading or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't kind of do the woulda, shoulda Monday morning quarterback thing. I mean, we were lucky to get a record deal and we were really good, but yeah. it's also just the circumstances of how it happened and how on a razor's edge that we were at that time. I mean, we were just, it's, it, it, thank God it happened. Oh yeah. I agree with you. So as we wrap this up, the process you, so you have some hardcover still, right? Like half of them are left now. How many have left? Yeah. 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 About half. So we go to jizzypearl.net, order the book. You'll ship it out to them pretty quickly. And, um, yeah. Can I, I mean, add to that? No, I just, you know, I mean, you read the book. What's mm-hmm. the difference between it and the other ones? I mean, it, it, it has, I don't know. It, it, to me, it has just as much flavor as the other books, but it, I don't need to go for the, the hard. Well, less, I would say, yeah, less shock value, maybe. Yeah. Not that you're trying to be shock value. You just have a lot of shocking stories. You, that's just who you are. That's the life you led. So if you're sharing your stories, I, I was a shocking guy. <laughs> right, right. So, so, but so if you if you didn't want to, you have all these stories you want to tell. So if you did want to be shocking, you'd have to modulate and be like, okay, I have to censor myself and put these over here to not do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're just telling stories as they come to your mind that you've done or things, you just being you, just going to be shocking well, stories. <laughs> and there's a couple of gnarly ones in the book as well. But it isn't the the the, the whole tone of the book isn't isn't you know, Jesus Christ, you know, I can't well, the, the last it. book, the, the last book did it to me, the first chapter going into it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, where are we going with this book? It's just, you know, it's good writing and, and it's, it's got a hundred more pages. So, I mean, it's almost 300 <laughs> pages. So, so it's, it's, it's a good piece of work and, uh, and I dig it and, um, and people should check it out if they want to. And, um, you know, if you're yeah. into reading, if you're a reader, then you'll dig it. If you're into the salacious rock right. stuff, you're going to get this in this book too. I mean, yeah. it isn't, it isn't uh Wuthering Heights. You're going to get your rock and roll experience. And, and, and there's, you know, having grown up on the sunset strip, you know, I'm like, I'm like one of those, the, the last people on the Titanic that's still alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some 92 year old woman. <laughs> I remember when they, you know, that's how it is. I mean, there's not really too many of us left that were there that that can sort of deliver that experience. No, and some of them have just grown up, and they they're they're not this. They can't they can't um, channel and dig back into that experience and, and express it. You know what I mean? Whereas I can somehow, you know, look back on all that stuff with fondness. And uh, and tell a good story, tell a good tale. All right, that's a perfect thing to end on. So everybody, net and get the book. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Sean. No, and, no uh, problem. And I'll see you when I see you.